When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN SC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Craig Burley and Shaka. Here's up. We'll kick things off with the North London derby. Arsenal defeating Spurs by two goals to nil. The damage really done in the first half. Hugo Lloris throwing in a sack across. Would see Arsenal take the lead. Odegaard there with a nice long-range effort to double their advantage. They would hold on to take all three points. It puts them now eight clear at the top of the table. Let's welcome in, shall we, Julian Laurent. Jules, you, you were there. How good were Arsenal today? They were very good. They were excellent in that first half, especially. I think Tottenham made it easy for them because they had too much time on the ball party, especially Odegaard. They would just pass the ball Zinchenko and there was not enough pressure from Spurs. They let, just let them play and that team, certainly something that we've learned this season, if you, if you let them play, then they're going to punish you and that's exactly what they did. And, Partey hit the post, there was a shot from Odegaard just before his goal, very similar move as well with, with a lot of freedom for him and that, that first time Lloris made a good save but it's the, 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 the copy of that, the, the second goal comes on the copy of that first chance. We saw Nketia with a big chance as well and Spurs had chances, especially in the second half, they got better but Arsenal still defended well, they were still very together and that unity I think was very important and they, they grind that in a way that result too which shows the, the two faces of what they can do and that, that's what was the most impressive I thought today. So I, th- I thought it was the old adage the game is won in midfield and quite frankly uh, Thomas Partey and Granite Jacker in the first half gave Odegaard, Martinelli, Saka in particular and Eddie and Ketty a platform to go and play right. because they picked up every second ball they were always in the right place to break play up, they were always in the right play to take a pass and then play it out wide. And I thought Partey in particular, but alongside Granite Xhaka, gave Odegaard and the other three the platform that was needed away from home in a big game to go and showcase their talents. Without that, you cannot control the game. We keep saying, well, when are Arsenal going to stumble? You know, mm. when are they going to slip up? And they just don't chat. They keep proving time and time again that they are proper title contenders. I, I, I thought they were incredible against Spurs. And, and while you could point absolutely yes to Joris for the first goal, you could even maybe question uh, how far out Odegaard was. Um, I, I thought Arsenal were by far the better of the two teams in the first half, especially. I thought they were a little bit more defensive in the second. Understandably, we've seen Spurs be better in the second half. You You've got a two-goal lead. Nothing, don't just don't do anything silly. Seemed to be the message. And but for a Sessegnon chance early on in the second half, they, they never really seemed that bothered. And this is an Arsenal team that can hurt you every single which way. We wondered whether uh, Enketia would be good enough, whether they had um, enough support after Jesus went down injured. He has been fantastic. Yeah. They've missed out on signings, but they seem to. They, they, everybody just seems to know what they're doing, what's asked of them. This is a team in every sense of the word, and 
I, you're right. I, I don't see anybody stopping Arsenal. Not on this four. We, for the very first time, can describe Arsenal as favourites now to win the Premier League after what happened this weekend. Of course, that kind of six-point swing, if you like, with City losing. Arsenal beating Spurs. They're six to five on now. Eight clear. Didn't uh, we have them as favourites? You said they were favourites, oh, but no, this no, is officially no, now. No, 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 the just, bookies are agreeing. No, with I know you. what you. I knew where you were going. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I save your voice, <laughs> uh, Jules. What's the feeling around the team and the club at the moment? Because there is seems to be this sense of togetherness. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I heard Bukayo Saka the other day said that it was hard to explain the difference maybe, but certainly that the club has the same message from the bottom to the top. And I think this is the key here. They all together this, whether you are in this first team, whether you're in the academy, whether you're in the offices, everybody's pulling in the same direction, which is the key. And, and I think Arteta has... I mean, Arteta, Edu, the recruitment team has made a, an amazing job to build this squad together. If you look at the squad that Arteta had when he took over, for example, even if you look at the team that they put against Spurs at the Tottenham Stadium last season, at the end of the season, to go and get that fourth, that fourth or fifth place is very different to the one that he played today and the way they play is very different as well. They build that team gradually, they build that squad gradually. They got to this level as a, as a, as a team, structurally, and the way they play, the philosophy, the style, gradually as well. And, and they got here after after those three years really that they gave Arteta, even when he was under pressure, they kept believing in his project, in the club's project. And I think that is, is paying off, but they, the club is buzzing and, and rightly so, you're eight points clear. You've got the same goal difference as, as City, which is usually City and, and I guess Liverpool have a much better goal difference than anybody else. But this time, you have a, even a slight better than them. So it's, it's, it's looking great. I don't think anybody is, carried, is being carried away at, in the, at the club, the first team, Arteta, because they're still, we're only halfway through the season and they will have to go to Liverpool. They will have to go, of course, to City and play them twice. Um, and, and there will be hard games starting by United at home mm. next weekend. That will be harder than today. Today, today won't be, will be easier than what United will bring to, to the Emirates next week, for example. There's no passengers. Mm. No, yeah. there's no passengers, and I echo Shako's point on Enketia. I think he's been a marvel the way he's come in, and basically taken that mantle over. I mean, it's not an easy mantle to take over. Jesus is a big player, was playing well. He's taken that over. The back four's playing great. The midfield are working well, and the front guys are always a threat. You look at Liverpool from yesterday and that great Liverpool team. It's the complete opposite. It's just not working. There's, there's too many passengers. There's no facet of that team working well together or as a unit. Arsenal are the complete opposite at the moment. Everything is just oiled. The thing for me, I mean, if the, the only concern... And, and, and Negative. Con yeah. That's not, not really... It's not really a concern. It's, you don't go through 38 games playing well for, for all, all 38. You always have a spell where things don't go well, and Arsenal haven't had theirs. And oftentimes... They've had some games, though, haven't they? Like going behind against West Ham, things like that. They, where you they, thought... and, and, and I've made this point that at times when they've had every excuse to have a little slump, to, to just take out their, their foot off the pedal. Losing to Manchester United in the season was a perfect example. They've found a response. Now... If, if you're Arteta, you have that in the back of your mind. It's not something you talk about with your squad because you're just playing far too well and you just keep that momentum going. But what do you say to your team if you lose a couple on the bounce? If, if 
calls just don't go your way and results don't go your way? How do you get them back to this place where they are right now? Everybody has to endure that. And as, as, as I said before, right now, there is nobody in the league playing anywhere near as good football as Arsenal. As long as you can somehow navigate that little rough spell, I, I don't see who gets the better of, of Arsenal. If you company. said to me, Thomas Partey is coming out of that team for the rest of the year, he's injured, will Arsenal win the league? I would say no. Right, because he's so important. I think he is. And I don't think they have a, a good enough replacement. Yep. And so that... that no, I, I was about to... But, but that to would that. be the only thing I would say. Party or, you know, you know, maybe a Saliba at the back or somebody. They haven't got the depth, maybe, that the others have. Right. But that's looking... That's nitpicking. To, to, to that point, and, and you just spoke about this, Craig. If, what, six weeks ago you said to me, Gabriel Jesus is going to go down and be out for two months. I'm right. like, oh, goodness. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They don't have a chance. Uh, meanwhile, very much at the opposite and at the end of the spectrum, Spurs. Oh, guess what? Conte oh. said he was pleased with the response. I had Spurs fans saying we were better in the second half. Yippee. Well, that means nothing anymore. It doesn't mean anything. Well, they said they started well, Conte. I'm trying to think back. There was an early chance and then Arsenal pulverised them for the rest of the first half. Yeah. Same old it's story. It's pathetic now. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's a bit tedious and tiring now, really. And I'm, and I'm almost sure... That's how Spurs fans at the ground and the ones that, that watch and listen and follow this. I'm sure that's how they feel about it as well. And it was said on the commentary, when, I, when Tottenham started to get some challenges in the first 10 minutes of the second half, when they started to press and put crosses in the box, it was like, oh, how many times have we sat here and said, why do they not mm -hmm. start games like this and continue it through 45 minutes to half time, rather than having to come out having been basically given a bit of a lesson in the first half and then having to have a complete rethink. And recently it's been too late in these games, early in the season against the likes of Bournemouth and others. It wasn't. They came back from being behind. Sometimes there were two goals down, they came, they came back. You can't keep doing that and getting away with it. To Not against good sides. Seeing we are, we're better, we were better in the second half is it's, it's a comfort to no one. And I, I, I don't understand why Antonio Conte is, is saying that. We've seen Spurs come back and be a second-half team for a lot of this season. But if you're, if you're Arsenal and you're two up at half-time and you know that Spurs can step it up again and you've shown that, all you have to do is just, as a, you just don't do anything silly. You don't lose this game. So Antonio Conte now saying, well, we were better in the second half, it says ab he might as well come out and say, well, we didn't lose 4-0. Arsenal right. didn't continue as, to be as good as they, as, as they were in the second half <laughs> and batter us 4-0. That, that is a comfort to absolutely nobody. It makes no sense in the context of this game. What was the feeling amongst the crowd, Jules? A lot of frustration, for sure. I mean, the, the, where we were sat in the press box, people around us were leaving 10 minutes before the end, five minutes before. They were not even waiting in case there's a goal from Spurs, you come back to 2-1 down, and then you can still maybe somehow get a draw, a 2-2 in the... That, they didn't even wait, they, they went home. And I just think, like, usually after a Spurs game, when I, you know, go back, take the train to go home, the, the two platforms are still packed of fans. This time, the people had gone early, clearly. They left early, they didn't believe in that team of that, another comeback, because it was never really on the cards. And, and yeah, in the second half, Ramsdale had to make a couple of saves, and the one on Tessignon, Shaka is right, he's the only, or Craig is the only big one. The rest is like saves that you expect him to make. 
but I don't think the crowd believed. Oh, yeah, of course, when there was a couple of tackles, they, you could hear the roar, but that, that was it. And for the fans to, to try to assault Ramdell at the end, Richarlison, this, this is so petty in a way. And we showed, we showed the frustration and the fact that they chased Arsenal all game long, especially in the first half, and they just no, never got close to them. And I get, you could feel the frustration growing and growing with the referee as well. And, and the Arsenal fan was singing, you know, you're rubbish, but with another word, and you will always be rubbish. And that must get on your nerves so much. And all we could hear was, was 3,000 Arsenal fans. Um, just take me through it, though. Obviously, Conte has to take responsibility. He's the man in charge. But why do you need a manager to motivate you to go out and perform in the first half when it's a North London derby, when you're playing a team that's top of the table? Surely well, don't you don't... You do don't... I don't think it is. I think it's just the way that he sets them up mm -hmm. uh, and that they're, they're standoffish. Uh, and, and one of the things that, if you're not playing selkie attractive football, is you have a reputation that you're hard to beat. Well, right. they weren't even hard to beat today. Uh, I, I just think he's a very standoffish, deep-lying coach that then has to react. And quite frankly, I don't think it's going to bring him success at this club. It might have worked at Juve for a period or Inter Milan with different players. I, I don't think it's going to work with this batch. I just don't. Is it, is it just a good manager at a, uh, the wrong... Is it not a good fit, basically, Jules? Yeah, I don't think he's the answer. We, we said that the other day after the Aston Villa defeat, when I was on the show as well. It's not just on him, of course. And we mentioned Daniel Levy and we mentioned Joe Lewis, the owner and the, the CEO at that club. We can mention the recruitment team as well because I know they've got injuries. Like Ben Tancourt obviously was a big miss today. But that, that squad, for the money they've spent on it, is still not good enough. It's not good enough. And today we saw it and we've, saw it, we've seen it through the season as well. And, but, but I'm sorry, I agree with what Craig was saying. Like, it, I mean, I don't, don't know what Conte does pre-game. I don't understand why he must say to his players for them to keep making the same mistake in first halves over and over and over again. And then those excuses that he finds after the games, I just, again, I would, if I was the owner or Daniel Lee, I would go mad. For my manager to say, almost like, oh, I'm, I'm happy we didn't concede the third and the fourth one. Hmm. I was like, what, really? We've just lost the North London derby. We're eight points behind fourth place. I mean, if Spurs don't qualify for Champions League next season, for them, considering the structure and the money that they need to bring in to pay for the same, all of that, it's a disaster. And, and yet, he's, he's like, okay, it's only a 2-0 defeat. It's okay, we take that and we move on. Oh, who do you have next? Oh, City. And after that? Oh, Fulham, and then City again. Okay, well, good luck for the next three games then. Um, they need a new keeper, don't they, Shaq? They've needed a new goalkeeper for a very long time. And, and, and listen, don't, don't get me wrong here. Hugo Lloris, at his prime, was one of the best in the world. No, there is, there's no question about that. But you've seen this bad side of Hugo Lloris far too cons consistently for quite some time. And for Spurs not to have addressed this a whole lot sooner just seems really odd to me. Um, we could go back to the 2018 World Cup final, mm -hmm. where, you know, a, a, a glaring Rick, albeit France are, are four up. It, it's, it's, it's that long ago that you've seen the need for Spurs to replace Hugo Lloris. So how we sit here four years on from that... Um, and, and still be having the same conversations is beyond me. And, and it's not as though there aren't goalkeepers out there. You only have to look again to Arsenal across town 
to see what they've been able to do in that four years. They've had Bernd Leno, they've had Emiliano Martinez, they've had Ad Ramsdale. All good goalkeepers coming in, a couple of them going out, and Spurs still haven't been able to address that situation. That's bemusing to me. Look, Conte's not irreplaceable, you know. He's not. I mean, I don't know what his contract situation is as we speak. It seems well, he's still yet to sign it. It seems to be a bit of a mess, but he's not. You've only got to look at clubs like what Brighton did with Potter and now De Zerbi, mm -hmm. thinking outside the box to coaches that have been co coaches in different countries that have come in, done good jobs, as Potter did, and De Zerbi is now doing. There are other outlets out there, by the way, and have they spent fortunes? Brighton? No, they have not, but they've recruited well, yeah. both in the coaching and in the player. And maybe Tottenham, maybe Tottenham will have to have a look at him as well. Uh, Jules, you mentioned it. Obviously. I don't mean De Zerbi, I mean yeah. Conte. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's not holding all the cards here. They're not playing in a manner in which is saying, you must keep me, yeah. or you're up the creek without a paddle. No, 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 no. There are other people that could come in and manage this football club. Trust me. Uh, Jules, you mentioned, obviously, uh, that incident we saw at the end of the game with a fan and Ramsdale. For maybe those who didn't see it, just, just explain what happened. Well, yeah, it seems that first Richarlison and Ramsdale have a bit of an altercation. And then when Ramsdale goes and, and gets bottle or his gloves by his post, and at that time, the second half Arsenal, where the Arsenal goal was just in front of the, the, the big Spurs cup, that, that white wall if you want and then the fan and the, the pitch is very very close to the stands like very often here in England and there's a fan that clearly seems to sort of almost jump the um, it's not a fence but like the I don't know how the, the, the little adv adv advertising board basically all around the stadium to, to get two rams there I don't know if Ramsdale said there's contact that he, he, he kind of kicks him I don't think it's too hard but, but still and then obviously the big melee happens uh, where players have to be separated, the fan as well. This is something that is obviously unacceptable in a football ground or anywhere else, to be fair. Uh, and in this context, it was obviously, as we said, a lot of tension, a lot of frustration from Spurs fans. Uh, I think they gave him a lot of stick in that second half. He replied, this is what he does, Ramsdale. He, he does that in, in every ground, away from home, at home, etc., etc. But this time, he clearly went too far. Uh, meanwhile, Chelsea taking on uh, Crystal Palace and a, and a fitting tribute we saw, of course, before the start of the game for Gianluca Vialli. A number of uh, former Chelsea players in attendance for this. You can see Mario Malkia, of course, a uh, friend of the show there, and likes of John Terry, also representing those players who played alongside him and under him uh, to pay their tributes. Uh, 20 minutes into this, at least with the effort, Kepa would be busy in this game. Yeah, he would. Made a couple of good saves. Um, this uh, probably the pick of the bunch. Uh, 64 minutes in, Kai Havertz. Seemed to be a little uh, pre-rehearsed corner kick from the training ground. Worked quite well and Havertz with a, a really good finish. Uh, we talked about some of Kepa's big saves. This up there with one of the best, Jack. Yeah, this really is. Um, the Curry comes onto this and, and hits this really well. I think he sees this late, but adjusts really well, Kepa. Uh, Graham Potter's first win then of 2013 is he beats Crystal Palace by one goal to nil. Win is a win, Craig. He'll take it. Uh, some of the football was quite good. Not brilliant, but quite good. Lacked, again, lacked the, uh, the finishing touch. Palace threw on a few big guys, put yep. them under pressure at the end. They had a few chances as well in the first half. It has to be said, Kepa made some, some good saves, as well as that one from De Curry. 
But once again, Potter at least showed some some metal. The latest of the big big earners to go and go and sit on the bench was Koulibaly and uh, Aspilicueta to join Cucurella. So I think he's shown that he, one, he was clearly not happy with not, not only results but performances. And what he was saying to the board was, I don't care how you've brought in. It's, it's my backside that's on the firing line here. So I'm going to play who I think is going to get me results. And that included the new signing from Monaco. And then once again, young Lewis Hall at left back, who did pretty well. It's not a perfect science, this Chelsea team, by a long stretch. A long stretch, but for me, he showed, I'll drop you, and they had enough about him to get a result, and that's all he needed to do. Yeah, that was it, just getting the three points, wasn't it, Shaq? Yeah. I'll tell you what, you, you talk about trying to get rid of maybe some of the, the dead wood that's there. Thiago Silva continues to be such an oh, important part of this side. Thiago Silva, at what, 38 years old, I, it, it, for me, I, I thought he was Chelsea's best player by, yeah. by, a, by a long chalk. Every week. It, it, un unbelievable. And as much as we're talking about Chelsea and getting the win and how much it was needed, we are again talking about a 38-year-old centre-back who was man of the match. Um, and, 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 and that speaks volumes. So while we trying to fashion something about Chelsea in, in, in order of praise, I, I, again, don't think they were that great. And, and if, I'm, if I'm Patrick Vieira, I am really upset with how you defend that set piece. For me, I thought the only way Chelsea were going to score was through Ziyech. Ziyech's deliveries all game long were absolutely fantastic. Yet somehow... You get a corner and you're allowed 2v1 with Ziyech to get the ball all on his own. If I'm the manager, I'm asking a lot of questions. That being said, for as talented a squad that Potter has available to him, I just find Chelsea not that convincing at all. Well, they're not, but they just they have to get results until he can start convincing people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's yep. kind of where he is. I mean, put it one way, Tiago Silva. I don't think he's down the King's Road three nights a week having a beer. It's definitely not happening, is it? I don't know. But there's no chance. <laughs> not in 38. That's you're a not, man, man of experience. You're not, you're not. Listen, you can see why he was coveted by, by all these clubs over the years. I mean, he's just, he's, he's, he's not the quickest, but he's still quick enough. But it's how he reads it and how he positions himself and his composure on the ball. And quite frankly, without him, maybe Potter wouldn't, actually still be in this job. No. Well, Potter's now got a new toy to play with. Mondrick officially is now a Chelsea player. He was unveiled uh, on the pitch at the game. Jules, it's been quite the 24 hours, really, for the Ukrainian international. <laughs> yeah, pretty much incredible after that super fast agreement between the two clubs yesterday in Turkey, as we mentioned on the show last night. Uh, and then flying back on the private jet, the private jet, sorry, of, of Ekbali, uh, back to London, having his medical this morning on Sunday morning, agreeing personal terms, which were already agreed, but, but yeah, an eight and a half year deal. That's a long, that's a long, long time. Uh, and and obviously then being presented at Stamford Bridge on the pitch, as we saw with the Ukrainian flag on his back, and and uh, and watching the, the the win against Crystal Palace. So. Um, so yeah, let's see now, once he gets the shirt, let's see how fit he is as well, because let's not forget that he's been on a, on a, on a winter break, of course. So let's see when he will be able to play, start, get a few minutes, there and there maybe. Uh, but I think there's a lot of Chelsea fans who, if you put aside, of course, the, the, the transfer saga and the money they paid and everything, 
that are really excited to see him and rightly so because as we said he's a very very talented player very exciting player and Jules why are they giving out such long contracts <laughs> So yeah, we explained it on yesterday's show. There's there's two things. I mean, you you end up committing, let's put it that way, or investing a lot of more money in terms of wages because if you give mm. someone, let's say, 10 million a year over five years, that's 50. Over eight and a half years, obviously, it's much more. However, what this long contract allows you to do is spread the cost of that transfer, which is called amortization, over the length of that contract. So you end up paying, well, putting on your books less and less or less every year because you've had this eight-year contract instead of having, for example, a four-year contract and you will have to pay, pay that transfer fee twice quicker than over an eight-year uh, length if you want. So this is, I think, why, why they do it. It's also, I guess, that you commit that players for longer. So if he's a superstar like Mudrik, then you don't need to talk with him about extending his contract and reevaluating his contract in two years or three years time uh, and it's more difficult for him to live on a free for example or to run down his contract because the contract is so long so there's there's clearly pros and cons but what we haven't really seen before is many top clubs doing that kind of length and for so many players because Badjashid of course has signed a very long deal as well Modric mm. for Fana too um, so it's clearly the trend that they're going down now uh, that the route that Chelsea have decided to go down people are going to have to go though aren't they Oh yes, you can have all these. I mean, Potter said it himself. I can't have a dressing room when everybody's fit. I got thirty players. Yeah. I mean, if this continues, he's, he's, when he walks into Cobham, he's going to think he's in Trafalgar Square. <laughs> I mean, it's just going to be so busy, and 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 you laugh at that and go, oh yeah, but you know, but players, it's great. More players, more players, more players. Then it becomes a much more difficult dressing room to manage. Mm. You know, we talk about the harmony at Liverpool and City over the years, and now Arsenal, and what Chelsea have had before. You can't have that. It's more difficult to get that team spirit if you've got so many superstars and then they're all fit and then 60-70% of them are not playing because it's, cause all they've done so far is buy these attacking, or certainly buy and loan in terms of Joe Felix, these attacking flair players that can play in several positions. But when everybody's fit and that's going to be coming, I don't know, in four weeks, eight weeks, whenever it is, then that's a lot of players to have to try and manage. And well, he, pay their salary as well, by the way. And, and even that, 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 that's in the short term. What happens if, to Jesus' point, they don't work out and they have to move on and now you have to pick up those players? Or, as Todd Bowley continues to do, wants to sign more players. If I am an agent and Todd Bowley calls me, I am asking for eight years off the bat. Yeah. No, everybody coming through the door now is going to want that... that length of contract and to Craig's point you know all of a sudden you have 30 players on eight-year deals it makes zero footballing sense uh, meanwhile what's making footballing sense in the moment is the run that Newcastle were on they were taking on Fulham and it was a frustrating match for Eddie Howe's side 64 minutes in Kieran Trippier can seize the penalty here yeah I think Trippier just kind of leans in and has a kick out right on the edge of the box and as much as Trippier may disagree, for me that's a penalty. Now, Mitrovic would score the penalty, however, it will be cancelled out because it hits <laughs> his left foot before his right foot. Yeah, going back to his former club, actually, and uh, yeah, we've seen this before. Just slips, he's about to right. take yeah. it, and it's a double hit. 
Used to be, same as golf, it used to be punishable in golf, it's not anymore, oh. but it still is. Oh. In football, thank you very much. <laughs> there you go. Science. It's the 89th minute we go, Wilson, Isaac, back from injury, thank you. Yeah, Isaac, who started so well and then had that long spell out injured, Wilson has ever physical presence, and if you need a goal back to re-announce yourself, they don't come any easier. Boom. Big win then for Newcastle as they take all three points. Look good, Shaq. They did. And, and, and listen, Eddie Howe continues to have Newcastle playing very good football. Credit to Fulham, who have been the surprise package of the season. Could have promised so much more, but Newcastle, especially at home, um, are, are showing that they're a tough nut to crack. St. James's Park is, is a tough place to go. And let's take a look, shall we, at the top four odds then as it stands. Obviously, Arsenal are looking good. City, United, Newcastle. It's kind of the first time we've had this conversation where I imagine everyone's going to agree, aren't they? Yeah, I, 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 I don't see right now anybody outside of that top four. I mean, we've discussed Spurs, we've discussed yeah. Liverpool, Talk. Fulham have been, a, have been a, a surprise package, but can they finish fourth? We see, and, and as much as, as praise we, we give to Brighton, similarly, do we see them finishing top four? And right now, I think the best for, four footballing teams are the four teams sitting top of the table. I think if there's any teams, there's more chance of Fulham, Brighton, maybe not Brentford, but Fulham and Brighton putting a run together. I think, arguably, as much as Tottenham, Liverpool or Chelsea. Yeah, yeah that's by a, name, only by name you'll be drawn to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, so that's how things stand in the top four. Of course, United, fourth in the table after that victory against Manchester City. Uh, people still talking about the Bruno equaliser. Shaka, from a goalkeeper's perspective, we haven't heard you yet to discuss this. That, that's offside. Uh, listen, you, you cannot tell me that Marcus Rashford is not interfering with play. At the very least, Edison has taken his position off of Marcus Rashford. You can make an argument that Akanji can, can dive in there, but go... Oh, but what, shouldn't the goalkeeper take the possession off the ball? He's taking the position of the man on the ball. The ball is where it is, and you can take your, your position would be different for Bruno Fernandes than it would be for Rashford. Bruno Fernandes coming from the, le from, from the left okay. of the ball, Rashford coming from the right. You, you can also make an argument that Akanji can throw himself at the ball here in an effort to block Bruno Fernandes. But if he throws himself at the ball, he's going straight to the back of, of Marcus Rashford. So he, 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 can't, he can't do that either. So I, I, for me, he's not just affecting play. He's, you could almost make the argument that he's in control of the ball without actually touching it. Are you here tomorrow? Not tomorrow. Ah. Oh. That's, but, but uh, as per the discussion and per how the law is written, and this it not being offside given how the laws of the game, you cannot write laws of the game to cope with every single circumstance that happens on a football field. There has to be some measure of interpretation some measure of common sense and to not apply them here and simply say the laws of the game say so, I think is, is a dereliction of duty. Uh, Jules? Yeah, I agree with what Shaka said. I thought it was an offside today. In the, uh, there was a lot of former players of Pandesa, Spurs, of course, and everybody was talking about that goal, of course. Jan was there, for example, Jan Molby also. Uh, and everybody, everybody literally agreed that it was offside. And I mean, even Ten Hag, after the game yesterday, said that he, you know, if he'd been in, 
in Guardiola and City's position, he, he would have reacted exactly the same way. So even he knew that the goal really should not have stood. Uh, it, it stood, good for United, they came back, they won that game, they showed some character and personality, this is great for them. It's, it makes it even more interesting for the second half of the season with how close United and City are, for example, putting the pressure on Arsenal, especially before the Arsenal-United game of next week. But it's, I agree with Akanji when he says that goal is a joke because there's no way in a million years it should have stood. I think um, the law's a joke. Uh, yes. Because not most of the ex-referees and referees think it was... By the, letter, by, the, by the way the law's written, it was a goal, and that's sort of where I'm coming from on it. I, I don't like it. I don't like it, but you kind of knew that once Rashford never touched it and Fernandez was coming from that deeper position, I knew as soon as the referee walked over to his assistant that they were going to give it. Right. Right. And now, we can sit here and pontificate and we can talk about ex-players this and ex-players this. It, that doesn't matter. See, no, but the, the thing is, the, the laws of... The, and, and it doesn't have to be real. Certainly, it, it isn't written. But a lot of those laws are open for interpretation. And referees know that. They know that... Uh, there's a lot of interpretation uh, that, that goes into refereeing a game. You cannot, you cannot write laws that copes with every single incident. And so, which is why you need referees. And if you just go by, well, this is the letter of the law, then let's just throw up a couple of robots. Uh, Mark Kattenberg will be tomorrow, here. Shaq. Mark Kattenberg will be back here now. tomorrow to explain why it was the right decision. <laughs> that wasn't allow. the right decision. That's what, what he says. That's what he says. No. Mark Kattenberg will tell you why it was the right decision. <laughs> FA Cup third round action for you then on ESPN Plus on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll see the replay of Wolves against Liverpool. Wednesday leads against Cardiff City. Be sure to join us. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Barcelona gave Real Madrid a real lesson on Sunday, beating them 3-1 in the Spanish Super Cup. Gavi was immense throughout this game. He would open the scoring in the 33rd minute. He would set up Lewandowski the second just before the break. Pedri got in on the action in the second half. Benzema scored a late consolation. But in the end, Barca thoroughly deserving of the victory as we welcome in Luis Garcia. Luis, I remember, I imagine with your uh, Barca ways, you thoroughly enjoyed every single minute of that because Barca were brilliant. I'm not going to tell you there was a few shouts here and celebrations when we saw the third goal. We wait until the last goal to try to celebrate. We all know what the Real Madrid is capable of, even though that there was no many minutes. But yes, we enjoy very much to see uh, this Barcelona dominating, creating chances, uh, not allowing to believe at any point in, uh, to Real Madrid and to be overall uh, the best team during the Super Cup. Not only in the semifinals, who I think that they play well, but they lost sometimes that control of the game, uh, allow him to, to believe to the other team. And today we've seen a fantastic midfield with uh, Gavi, with Pedri, dominating the whole, uh, uh, the whole midfield of the, of the pitch, not only because of that creativity and the talent that they have when they got the ball, but also because of the intensity, the pressure. We've seen Gavi recovering, we see Pedri recovering with the help of the John and Busquets in the middle of the park who really uh, outnumbered the Real Madrid in the middle. We didn't see, once again, Camavinga. We didn't see Cross. We didn't see Modric, that they were overrun during all 90 minutes. Overall, a fantastic performance from this Barcelona side. They get first uh, trophy under Chavis and make a fantastic and big statement showing that Barcelona is back. You could see on the bench waiting uh, an amazing amount of talent. We've mm. seen the pay, Ansu Fati, Ferran Torres, Eric Garcia, so many that they, they didn't have the chance to, to show in this final. But definitely looking forward for is the rest of the season. This Barcelona looks strong to win every single trophy they are involved. We saw, of course, as they did against Atleti, change things up slightly. And you've got Gabi and Pedri and De Jong and Busquets in that midfield. Yeah, at times it was a 4-4-2 with De Jong a bit deeper, with Dembele a little narrower and Gavi a little narrower and Pedri almost alongside Lewandowski, and then he started floating around a little bit. It was really good to watch, uh, the way that they interchanged, the way that they passed it, the way they won the ball back and they pressed, as Shaka said. And then this ball, first time from Pedri, and then again from Lewandowski. If that's not played first time, they don't score. They just don't score. He just hooks it around the corner, so he's already got a picture in his mind. And there's young Gavi, who's got a very composed finish, but that just typified, for me, Barcelona today. Gary's only 18, Shaq. Incredible. I, I mean, that, that goal, kind of, the intelligence of it, the intelligence of that first touch, to take it away from Militao, Carvajal, and, and leave Courtois with not a lot to do, just spoke to the football intellect of, of, of Gavi. And then here again, the understanding between Gavi and Lewandowski. Um, Carvajal gets drawn out. He, he probably just thinks that De Jong has overrun it. And before you know it, that ball is in the back of the net. And while at times you want to praise Real Madrid for being a counter-attacking team, Barcelona is showing exactly how it's to be done.
and just that drive to keep going as we saw in that third goal as well. Ch uh, Gabby very much in the centre of everything that was good. And then Pedri with the finish, and Pedri's only 20 as well. Yeah, he's 20. <laughs> Socks. <don't laughs> <laughs> he's not going around with his special uh, uh, <laughs> The other thing is, I think Pedri's is slightly more technical of the two. But one of the things I like about Gavi, and sometimes it's a frustration watching him, is he's got a horrible side to him. He's got a little edge, mm. hasn't he, Gavi? Yeah, well, he's it. definitely lives on the edge. Yellow cards, sometimes red cards. He's got that tenacious side to him, which sometimes boils over a little bit. But it's a good balance to have in that midfield, to be honest. Luis, we were together, weren't we, at the Bernabeu after the first Clasico of the season. And the feeling around Barcelona was, of course, very much a low one after what was a very tepid performance. <laughs> What's changed? I guess it's that momentum. Barcelona is on a high. They haven't lost many games in the past few months. They don't concede something that for Barcelona has been quite unreal because they used to always look strong in the midfield and up front but uh, very vulnerable at the back and once again as you could see in the last few games they have only conceded six goals in La Liga today once again only in the last part maybe the last 10 minutes when you kind of relax but they were very focused on defending very well and this team if they manage to uh, create that confidence in the back that being solid and compact is going to be uh, uh, vulnerable. They're going to become one of the strongest teams because up front, you know that with the ability and, and clinical finish that they, you go with Lewandowski, with Dembele, now that you've seen that Gabi and Pedri can score goal also arriving from the second line, it becomes a total football. And this team is ready to fight for every single trophy. I think that that has changed. To be solid at the back, uh, to start believing that with this team, the whole team, full team is is uh, is well is fit to play. There is no injury. Something also very important. Uh, we didn't see that on Real Madrid side. That's the thing that I think that it changed. They start believing that with this team, even it doesn't matter if they are young or not, they are ready to fight any single game. So today they show it once again. Big statement, big performance, and now they have to continue to try to increase the gap that they have in La Liga. Luis said Real Madrid just not care today. I think that they couldn't, uh, they couldn't cope with the intensity of this Barcelona. I don't think that there is, uh, they, they didn't care. Of course, they cared. You could see that they tried. But when you play with Luka Modric with the cross and only Kamavinga, the one in charge of running, it's very difficult to cope with the intensity and the mobility. Today, we've seen a very good Barcelona uh, passing the ball. The speed on the ball with Barcelona changed dramatically in the last uh, month or month and a half. You could see that the pace is higher. It's very difficult to try to uh, um, put pressure on the players. Cross and Modric, they are an amazing players when they are on the ball. Without the ball, they, are, uh, they, they don't arrive to, to, to bring that pressure. So at the end, you're always late and you struggle so much. Only Valverde and he was far away from the midfield to try to regain the ball, to try to bring the ball forward to Benzema and Vinicius. So at the end, you could see that Modric was changed in the first place very easily. Camaviga, once again, he was changed after 45 minutes and Cross again, couldn't cope with that intensity. So we'll see what happens with the future of this Real Madrid side because with the injury of Suameni for quite a long time in Alaba, there are not many players who can join into the midfield to bring battle. Only a lot of talent with Ceballos, with Asensio, but uh, uh, when he's uh, talking about battle and runs, I think they, they, they lack about that and they are going to suffer in the rest of the season. And they've been suffering already. You know, this is one, a one-off performance in which they were flat. They weren't very good in the semi-final. They have not been good in La Liga of late. I think the frustration in the midfield was twofold. I think for, for Modric, 
and, and Cruz in particular, was one, they didn't have a lot of the ball. Now, they're kind of used to that in big games. That's the way they've played. But two, when they won it back, it was given away quite quickly by Camavinga and others. And I think that just added to the frustration, to the tiredness, to the fact that the more they gave it away, the more they had to chase it. And the more Barcelona just pinged it around them. So, yeah, not a, a very good day at the office for them. Uh, Real Madrid will be looking to bounce back uh, later on this week in the Copa del Rey as the next round of action is here live on ESPN+. Plus. Not an easy place to go either. Real Madrid away against Villarreal. Meanwhile, Barca taking on Quetta. All of those matches available on Plus. Uh, full programme matches then next weekend. Uh, it's all about Sunday, really. That doubleheader, Barca against Getafe, Athletic Club against Real Madrid. Of course, Real Madrid going into that tie after the defeat in the Spanish Super Cup. And Barcelona Boyd, they'll be showing off their new trophy. Xavi's first, of course, in charge of the club. He spoke to Alexis after the game. All right, Xavi, I've been talking to you all week, and finally we can say your first trophy for a club that I know you love so much in the Middle East, where you started your career. <laughs> it's perfect, isn't it? It's like a fairy tale. Yeah, it's a perfect movie. <laughs> amazing, amazing, everything. We play really well, the trophy, the players deserve. I think uh, since I, I took the team as a coach, one more or less, one year ago, we are working really hard. All the players, we have a very good atmosphere in the dressing room, and I think it's well deserved. It's the best scenario in a final against Real Madrid, playing really well, so I'm, I'm really satisfied, I'm really happy. And finally, going back now as Supercopa champions, you're leading La Liga mentally. How much does this help for the rest of the season? Well, I think uh, uh, it gives us a lot of confidence, a lot of morale, so, but we need to keep going. Uh, we need to maintain the, the same level. For everyone now, we are, we are feeling very, very amazing. We are happy because we know that uh, the first title for everyone for this club since you know that the last season was very tough, and now uh, we are looking forward. We are in, uh, in the better condition, better position that we want to winning every every game if it's possible and every title. So now today we play very well from the first minute. We know what we should, what we want to achieve today. And uh, yeah, we scored three goals, we had this game under control, so we can enjoy this moment, but uh, uh, tomorrow after, or maybe, uh, yeah, tomorrow we have to be focused on the next game in, in the Cup, so we know it, what we should to do and this is our way. Well, you and Gavi were like the dream duo today. I mean, amazing to see how you guys work together. We know that the young ones absolutely love playing with you. They know exactly what you've won at the highest level, but what's it like playing with such talented youngsters? Yeah, he's very young, he's an amazing uh, guy, amazing player. And, before the game, I tell him, Gavi, be close to me and uh, we can do something together because if I have the ball, uh, if I have option to play, that will be easier for me and for you. And uh, the first, the first uh, situation, uh, we want the ball, I got uh, the ball quickly. I know that the Gavi running forward and I have to play to him and he was uh, once against one uh, against the goalkeeper. The second ball I got from him, amazing pass. So, you know, always if we, we, if we have more players in the box, then we are very dangerous and today, we achieved our goals and we, have, we are very happy. What do you think went wrong today? Defensively, we were not good. We, we were not um, good in the first two goals and then when they opened the score, it was more difficult for us. They, used, uh, they played in counter-attack and uh, they, won, uh, they won the game. And of course, in terms of scoring goals, it's been a while since Madrid have scored from open play. It's been a little bit of a struggle. What do you think is missing? Is it the injuries? No, we could play more direct and we try to, 
to move the ball from the back, but we didn't find the space at the back uh, of their defense. We could play more uh, direct. So I'm going to keep that medal, that's for sure. Uh, Alexis uh, joins us now. That's gone. That's gone. It's gone already. Uh, Alexis, what's interesting is the demeanour of Xavi, and we've seen it change so much in the interviews that you've done with him over the past few months. I thought he was going to give you a cuddle at the end of that. <laughs> you know what, Dad? He did give me a big hug after that because uh, I keep joking that it's the Chavex's show since we've been doing it because every time Barcelona bring over an interview, they go, Xavi, Xavi. And when he saw me and he was walking over after he did the domestic um, rights holders interview, he just had a huge smile on his face because, again, as I said, since I landed, we have been talking about Barcelona. Now that I've got to spend so many days closer to them that they've given us more access uh, to their players and especially to Xavi, he's opened up quite candidly too and told me that look we are going through a special beautiful moment and in the back of my mind I said well we've seen special beautiful moments uh, with Barca but what's going to be different about this one and he said look we're just more of a team we're just more of a unit now we understand each other now the pieces are moving together everyone kept asking him uh, questions about who he'd want to bring in in January if players like Memphis Depay leave and he said you know what I'm extremely happy with how my squad is now I don't want anyone to leave and I'm not really desperate to get anyone to come either he's happy with who, who he has and also I got to speak to Frankie de Jong and I said what a change from Barca from the last match we saw with him with Ronald Koeman and now and what does he love working with Xavi the most and he said well he talks to us like players like one-to-one -one players you know and and we constantly are learning from him you know we respect him so much and then the fact that you couple that up with Robert Lewandowski who is such a, a leader as well you heard what he said about Gavi he's almost like a vice captain or a vice manager as well to Xavi and it's just such a good unit that this Barcelona team has and I know we were saying Real Madrid you can never count them out until the end but I've noticed a lot more cracks as well in this Real Madrid than we're used to seeing it's been a a couple of games actually I read that stat since they've been able to score from open play which is quite concerning when we're talking about this I know Courtois after the semi-final told me that he feels their team has enough players even on the bench to not rely on the injuries he says that relying on the injuries or using that as an excuse is a weak excuse and it's true but something's just not quite right we're seeing more cracks cracks that we saw even from before when they drew with the likes of Girona and then lost to Rayo Vallecano before the World Cup. So I think Barcelona definitely are onto something now with Xavi. He's finally getting uh, his identity right. And we saw it today. Those players absolutely want to play for him. And now they've given him his first trophy as manager. Thank you very much, Lex. Where to next? You at Molyneux on Wednesday? Uh, alas, no, Dan, because I land in London at 5.30 a.m. And thankfully, our bosses had mercy on me and said I could nap and not have to trek it up to the Midlands. But I'll be far. going to Wrexham again soon. So, Craig, would you want to come and chauffeur me? <laughs> <laughs> there are train strikes. Oh. There are rail strikes every day in London. <laughs> oh. uh, Alexis, great work. Thank you, as always, uh, for keeping us up to date with everything that's been going on in the Spanish Super Cup over the last few days. Uh, as Lewandowski mentioned, of course, Barca back in cup action on Thursday away against Huerta for Real Madrid. Big test for them as they take on Villarreal in the Copa del Rey round of 16. All of these games live on ESPN+. 
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on shopify (laughs) shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. A brand new episode of Football Americas uh, drops tomorrow. Be sure to check that out on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, that is it. Oh, That is the end of today's show. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Be sure to stay tuned, though. Uh, it's just these two. Oh, why are you so disappointed? Hey, hey, why? Come in tomorrow and hear how you're wrong. On oh, that. Yeah, I, I, I most Sandberg certainly will. will. will give you a People are going to shout at him tomorrow, aren't they? Uh, yes. uh, cats, I imagine it's Stevie will, for sure. Oh, well, just if, if he's in. Uh, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome in to the next edition of Extra Time. I've just seen the first question, it's quite a serious question, so I won't be jovial. Jack, have oh, you, uh, you, you, uh, are you ever? Eh? Am I ever what? <laughs> jovial? Jack, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever got assaulted from a fan on the pitch? No. No? No. Um. Probably the closest I've come to assault, and I've heard a number of people talk about this. Played in Costa Rica. They throw bags. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, does that qualify as assault? Well, it's not, yeah. You no, know, it qualifies as assault. Yeah. So the bags will be thrown at you and yes. explode on you. Yes. And then you smell of the contents of Correct. The so whenever I, you stay out of your box for a work, I would stay out of my box for as long as I possibly could. Wow. It was not fun. Let's just That's leave it at that. Yes. No. No. Just verbal. Right. Verbal assaults. Verbal assaults. And then they got. And then, as Jules was saying on the show, uh, Ramsdale was given it back during the game. Yes. See, I don't have an issue with that. Nor right. do I. Because because what players have to endure and coaches is quite considerable. Yeah. And sometimes you give a little back as long as it doesn't cross the line. But the physical assault from the Spurs, alleged Spurs fan, crosses the line. It's as simple as that. Uh, here is Detective Ezio now. Who? Shaka, when asked what teammates were fun to party with, you stated you don't party. Sorry, don't party. Yeah. Yet when right. Don named teammates you had in common, you were nodding away. Which is it, Neil? 
Do you party <laughs> or not? I did not party, but I heard the stories. <laughs> I heard the stories, Dan. That's my story, and I'm sticking says to it. Says the man is going goes to the carnival every year. Yes. I'll be going again this year to look on. So, I'll be so looking look on. There'll be no partying whatsoever. None no. whatsoever. The chances of you playing in Newcastle and East London at West Ham and not partying with any lads. Just don't buy it. There's not even a 0.1% chance that that I'm a very, never happened. Do you know I'm what? A, I have I'm, seen Shaka in party mode. What? And his stamina is very impressive. What? Very impressive. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Dad. I've seen it in, burp, burp. in action. Bourbon? Uh, <laughs> Just, the, just the, the, the amount. What's the next question? What's the next? What's the next question? <laughs> well, we, we, what's the next? <laughs> we had a guy at like that. He was a similar height to Shaka, and he was like that as well. He was a Scandinavian, and we used to call him Hollow Legs, right? Yeah. Because we said, where the hell is he putting all this? Yes. Yeah. But it wasn't that. It wasn't just. The, it was just the fact that you just kept going day after day. Don't know what you're talking about, Dan. Impressive, Shaq. No idea. But he doesn't. That's no, not him. That was, it wasn't him. Oh, it was no, me. No, yeah, it's a lookalike. Yeah, yeah. uh, wearing a goalie's top. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Mudrick now coming into Chelsea, what will Pulisic's future at the club now look like? And if he were to leave, where should he go? I'd like Craig to address this, please. I tell you what, Mudrick's his arrival does not affect Pulisic any more than before, because he's going to be a bit part player there. When he's fit and everybody's back and playing fit and well again, all right, maybe it does affect him. Maybe there's even less chance of him getting a full-time gig there now. Yep. God, can you put this? Felix, Modric, yeah. Zayic. Yeah, it's not good. Mount. It's not good. Uh, for Cray. Let's goes on. Whose price tag was more egregious, Grealish or Modric? Both 100 million? Hmm. Uh, uh I would say Modric. Right. Because he's so raw? Yeah, he's very raw. A, a big talent, but very raw. I think Jack Grealish, although we haven't seen it regular, was more of a complete player ready to go to Man City or somewhere. We, we just haven't... We've seen a little bit of it recently, but we just haven't seen enough of the best of him. I think Modric is really a, more of an unknown right what we're going to get younger talented but very raw a bigger ga- i wouldn't say egregious bigger gamble let's go with that oh okay shaq i'm uh, i'm keen to have this labeled properly okay well thank you very much uh, for partying and nights out yeah, setting that straight shaq party night out much appreciated thank you you're welcome dad were you guys entertained with a banter between Chaka and Conte during the second half of the Arsenal Spurs match? Is it good for local derbies when a manager and player from opposing teams go at it with each other to add an edge? I saw that when the game was going on and it reminded me uh, of a time I had something similar with the late, great Graham Taylor. Oh yeah? Former Aston Villa, Watford and England manager amongst others. He was managing Watford at the time and he started shouting at me. Like, and his face was getting redder and redder and I'm screaming at him, winding him up. Very, kind of very similar. Oh, and they just back and forth, back and forth. And then years later, I met him, we were working for BBC Five Live together and he is such a nice guy. Yeah. Was such a nice guy. Funny, never had a problem. Would remember it happened, but was 
it's part of the game, Craig. It was part of the game. You're having to go at me, I'm having to go at you, and never cross the line. It was passion. Yeah. So I didn't. I, I don't know what was said with the uh, granite jacker, yeah, Antonio Conte scenario. I know what was said yeah. in my conversation. I won't repeat it. But yeah, it, it goes on. It's fun, isn't it? It's entertainment. That's what you what want. Were you, is he going to? Is, is, was Graham going to shout onto me, and I was going to go? Okay. Yes. I mean, I might have done for being yes. condescending, yes. but then I decided that I was going to take a different route. Anyway, it's just part of the... If you haven't seen the Graham Taylor documentary, by the way, of when he was manager of England, be sure to check it out. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. It's fantastic. He's a, he was a fantastic character. Very, very interesting. Very interesting, very interesting. indeed. Nice guy. Um, for Craig and Shaq, at the beginning of the season, Shaq and Craig picked Real Madrid to win La Liga. Yes. Have they changed their mind? No, I'm... Well, listen, <laughs> We are talking to the uh, incredible mind changer, oh, extraordinaire. Yes. <laughs> of course, Shaka, I mean, who famously backed Argentina at the start of the World Cup. Uh, I've talked with them through all. Changed talk with them through all, Dan. The talk with them through all. Uh, so, what are you doing, Shaq? I'm staying the course, Dan. Really? Yeah, he's learned his lesson. He learned That's his me, lesson. Dan. He learned. I'm a course steer. You stick with Real Madrid? You're still in Real Madrid? I'm not th throwing the baby out with the bathwater just yet. Yeah, but it's not. It's, it's, it's on the verge of being. Tipped out. Yeah, it's on the, the baby's <laughs> on the press. The baby's hanging on. <laughs> He's hanging on to the edge the of the tub. The baby is still in the bath. <laughs> as we, as we speak. Yes. <laughs> Gabby or Foden? Who is the better midfielder? Ooh. At the moment. Yeah. Uh, Gabby. Well, yeah. At the moment, Foden's having a bit of a shocker in here. Gabby's loving it. At the moment. Yeah. Uh, Foden's having a an in, a little bit of an indifferent time. It's interesting. You mentioned Gabby having a bit of an edge. Do you want your players to have that? Do you like that kind of yes that attribute? I do. Yeah. I, I, especially at this age, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. I right. think you learn to you learn to play with that edge. You learn yes. how to manage it. Right. So it's not an issue. No. I wanted my teammates to have it because that meant they were on board. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that's kind of part of your personality, isn't it? So sometimes it's mm. difficult to like. Well, Granite Shack is a good example. He's been better this year, not perfect, but he's he's been on the edge for a long time. Yes, you know, and he's a more experienced player. Not you know, we're talking about Gabby, who's a, who's a youngster. Jack has been the course club and country, but his uh, disciplinary record in the Bundesliga was very poor. Right. So it was already poor coming in, an amazing amount of yellow cards, and he continued that. And I think he's wiped a lot of it out of his game. Not at all. Have you seen the clip from today? I haven't seen the clip. So at the end of the game, Arteta's celebrating with Odegaard. Hey, hey, hey. And then out the corner of eye, his eye, you see Shaka running towards a Spurs player. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he runs after Shaka and grabs him. As, I, said, sure he as I said, he's not quite perfect. I don't, think he, I don't think he ever will. But if he can just keep it on an even keel, yeah. then Arsenal will get a much better player. You know who I found a perfect example of that? Wayne Rooney. Right. Coming through at Everton, you knew he was always on the edge. Okay. And then as, as he matured and, and learned to manage that side, well, his record speaks for itself. For everyone, according to their great current form, it's a good question, who are you taking, United or Barcelona, to go through? Of course, they face off in the Europa League Ooh. when it returns next month. Uh, from what I've seen today, Barcelona. United had a great result. Great result and have had some really good results recently and are playing much better. But they didn't they didn't control the game in the way that Barcelona controlled the actual game. They, not only the game, they controlled the game and the result. In some sense, the result happened because of a couple of moments for yes. Man United. 
The result for Barcelona in this big game against Real Madrid happened because of the performance. And that just, for me, sets them apart a little bit. I'm, I'm going to go Manchester United just to be contrary. Well, and, that's, not, that's not a reason. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's, 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 no, that's a good reason. Um, that's, well, that's, that's my reason. Um, that, that being said, I, I think Manchester, I think it's a good matchup because Manchester United are a counter-attacking team and I think they've shown that they can pass their way out of pressure a whole lot better than Real Madrid showed, um, showed today, certainly. So it's, it's going to be a very good matchup that I'm struggling to find right. who I really prefer. If you think about it, there was a 70-30 split in possession in the Manchester derby yes. for, in Man City's favour, but they only had one effort on, on, on target, on goal, and that was the, the goal itself. You imagine Barcelona would have similar stats in terms of possession, but they are much more creative, or they certainly yeah. are at the moment. So, I mean, it's a difficult one, mm. it is, but just because Man United fans will say I'm a Man United hater, because oh. they do. Just jump on that. <laughs> no. See, that that's, even a, that's as good an excuse no, as mine. Even though I've, I think I've give, given a very valid explanation of why, it will still be yep. you hate Man United. Oh well, there we go. You can't change people's Maybe it's true. perception. It's not true. <laughs> Shaka does. Shaka does. <laughs> what? Final question. Who do they think will win the Super Bowl? What? Well, who's in it? Who win the Super Bowl? Well, no, we don't know who's in it yet. We just start wild card, well, don't we? I'm what? I'm... Last two years, I've not been able to watch any. But normally, you get into the playoff bits, do. don't you? What's happened? Life. Life. <laughs> Life's got in the way. No, I'll tell you what's happened. Right. There's a common denominator. Okay. The more dogs that get added to my household. You and your dogs are a bit of an issue. Well, it's not. I'm not the issue. It's the people who keep buying them and right. bringing them home. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen the car sticker that he's got on his car? No. What does it say, Craig? You've not seen it? No. That's all right then. <laughs> What's it it's a little. Say? It's a little. On the side, <laughs> just near the petrol cap, there's a little uh, pause. Dog right. paw. Dog paw. Yeah. Uh, with little black dots. It says, I love my dog. <laughs> I bought it for my daughter. And she said, get that, get that off my car. I said, okay, I bought it. I didn't keep the receipt, I put it on mine. And she said, you like I did. I bought it for my daughter's car. I thought, this is sweet, she'll love it. She went, she said, she said, I wouldn't be seen dead without my yeah, car. Yeah. So you put it on his. I put it on mine. Magnetic. Hey, mag think, oh, no, I'm going to have to see this. Yeah. The magnetic stick on. Yeah. Plop. Lovely. Look how proud he is. Look how proud he is. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I love my dog. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to put one on? I hate my dogs. Well, I mean, what, what is this? But you don't need to put it on at all, do you? <laughs> I bought it. Right, so you're going to use it. Yeah, because she didn't want it and, and the oh. wife didn't want it. So I was the only cat. My son said, get lost. Right, yes. Said, you're not putting it in mine. Yeah. My daughter said, so you're, I, so you're the big softy in the family, is what yes. you're saying? You know that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't lie. And we haven't answered the Super Bowl question. Uh, I have uh, dolphins. no idea. Uh, dolphins, uh, dolphins are out. They were out. <laughs> they were out. Thank uh, God. What have we got on the Packers. Moment? The Giants. No, Packers. <laughs> I am. I am no. I, I, Patriots, Bears. Uh, Chiefs. Name all of them. Chiefs. Chiefs. Hey, oh, that's a good answer. Andy. Uh, what's his name? Sorry? Coach. Andy, the head coach. Andy. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. I want to start watching it again. Ah, there we go. Thank Good. You. The Eagles might do well as well, which will mean Gab will be happy. I'm not sure we need that in our lives. Did you see his Antarctic pictures? Was he at? He went to the Antarctic, yeah. 
Was it not cold there? Well, yeah, well, apparently it was the summer, so it wasn't that cold. Yeah. Where's the Antarctic? Well, Gab. On vacation. Gab. He, got, he took his kids there as well. Where yeah. was the teenage girls? Oh, and God. what was your like? What was vacation in your household when you were growing up? What was it like? <laughs> <laughs> you people, the parents used to take his places and try and freeze his. Yeah, he said it was full of penguin poo. There we go. That is it. ESPN FC is back tomorrow. Uh, what's happening tomorrow? Mark Clattenberg is here. We'll be discussing the offside. Uh, be sure to shout at him. Say him. Shout at Yeah, by the way, face. balance that program out tomorrow. Why? Don't let people just shout at him. Well, why? That's what you'd be doing <laughs> if you were here. No, I wouldn't. I'd be agreeing with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, be sure to join us. Brainstorm. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Microwave. Air conditioning. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash FC, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash FC now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash FC.